Ireland Talks podcast with Kevin Byrne. Hello and you're welcome to Ireland Talks podcast. I am Kevin Byrne. Joining me on the podcast today is a guy who recently had some wonderful adventures in the Mourne Mountains. He is also an artist painting in watercolour and aisles. He's also a lover of photography, hiking and wildlife. He's featured on BBC's Chronicles of the Mourns. Stephen Rooney, you're very welcome to Ireland Talks podcast. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having me here. It's, very, it's a privilege. You're more than welcome. and it's a, it's, a, it's a great privilege for us to have you as well. I want to chat Thank to you, you about your recent adventures in the Mourne Mountains. But before I yes. do that, uh, I kind of want to ask you where your interest for hiking and adventure and all of that stuff started. OK, yes. Well, do you know, from I was a tiny, tiny boy, I just loved taking myself off down into the fields and through farmlands and the beach and everything, looking for wildlife and creepy crawlies. And that yes. just sparked my interest from a young boy, always out exploring. So you're, you're obviously from the area of the Mourne Mountains, is that right? What's the townland you're from? So I'm from a wee townland called Denaval, which is situated in between Kilkeel and Cranfield. So Cranfield's a very well-known holiday destination. Yeah. And, and you would have had, I suppose, all the countryside around you. So you were always kind of out... Uh, as you say, yes, in, in the country, exploring and and uh, um, get, um, enjoying the adventures of the of the locality. Absolutely, we where we live actually is a three mile out of town, so surrounded by beautiful countryside and the mountains and the sea, and it's just beautiful here. It was a every child's dream playground. So yeah. it was. And and uh, would you go up into the Morn Mountains? Uh, you know, do you hike up regularly into them? Yes, very often, uh, at least three times a week, but um, oh. sometimes more. And especially in the winter time, whenever the snow, I never miss a day. So yeah. if the snow for a month, I'm, I'm there every day of the month. <laughs> very good. Well, tell me about the building of the igloo, because you, you've gained a lot of uh, interest on Twitter <laughs> um, with the igloo. Uh, in fact, that's where I came across um, you on Twitter and, and the whole... Um, <laughs> Uh, the whole adventure of the igloo was was intriguing, to to say the least. So yes. you were up in Sleeve Banog, is that it? I was on Sleeve Muck, so I was. Oh, Sleeve Muck, um, okay. Sleeve not far from Spelga Dam. And um, it's one of actually, off the Moor Mountains, it's the, the one that most people dislike because it's very boggy and it lives up to its name, Muck. Okay. But um, for me, it's always been my favourite. So that's my, my favourite spot to go and hike. And the igloo was a spur-of-the-moment thing. A Saturday week ago, I was up there in, a, in an awful blizzard and strong winds, and I thought to myself, mm. I need to get myself a tent or something that I could pop up and have a bit of shelter in. Yeah. And um, nowadays, with the whole thing that's going on, there's not many places open, and to order online, there's lots of uh, backlogs and delays. Exactly, so yeah. I thought, I'm going to build myself an igloo. <laughs> and that was the idea was born within minutes, so it was. The snow was ideal, and I knew I had to act fast, and... I don't know if I went and started at work. I suppose you've done a bit of researching on, online, etc., how to build one. Yes, well, I watched a three-minute um, video clip on YouTube. Okay. And that was it. That was it. i just seen how they started the first blocks and how the key is to um, have the blocks angling into the floor. Yeah. So, um, and then it takes on the natural spiral. So I knew it, I had the gist fairly quickly. Yeah. And um, it wasn't as easy as I thought it would have been, but after a while I started getting the hang of it and... And, and then the igloo was born. And Stephen, how long did it take you in total to build it? In total, well, I worked from Sunday to Thursday, every evening from wow. four to half ten. 
And um, on Thursday evening when I finished it, I stayed to a quarter to 12 that night uh, from half three that day. So on your own? About 30 hours, I think. Over 30 hours. On your own? Totally on my own every evening. I, I love to be on my own. I'm not... Um, yeah. I am a social person, but I like my own company a lot. So I'm most often in my own company and, and rarely ever hike with company. I just love to do my own thing, so yeah. I do. Yeah. Not a bad way to be. And, and listen, because a lot of people, I'd say, be wondering, you, you wouldn't be any way scared or anything like that up in the mountains in the, in the that's, darkness. That's the amazing thing. Never, my family would worry, and they used to worry a lot. They know not to worry now, but um, yeah. when I, I've been taking myself off up the mountains from August 14, they couldn't stop me. I just wanted to go. And um, I'm never, ever afraid or alone. I know the mountains so, so well, even in most of the time working on the igloo, it was foggy and freezing fog. You couldn't have hardly seen in front. Yeah. So they're not conditions that if you were not used to the mountains, you wouldn't go. But I'm so used to them and I've never, ever took heart, thankfully. So. And listen, would I'm you bring, ne- would you bring plenty, plenty of lights, etc., which are just a torch? Or, or... Yeah, I have a, a great a head torch that actually my friend, it was great timing. Uh, one of my good friends bought me this for my birthday just before Christmas. Yeah. And the head torch came in so handy. It's so powerful in it. It stays charged for a long time, so it was a vital tool. Because I worked all through, I worked in darkness all the time. And, so I, I did. and when you said it was a blizzard up there, like obviously, like because you you would hear of people being caught in blizzards and and they being yes. they, they being quite dangerous. How did you manage to to weather yourself in the blizzard? Yeah, well, the key is we are very lucky here in the Moor Mountains to have the the Moor Wall. Yeah. So if if you stick by close to the Moor Wall, there's always the sheltered side of the wall so you get yourself out of the wind to begin yeah, with because yeah. wind is absolutely unbearable but then i i came to this very spot that i would have returned to every single day with a great high snow drift of five foot between the moon wall and the actual drift itself i dug a hole a snow hole yeah and i was able to get myself in out of the worst of the snow and the wind and um so and we're in the right clothing is essential. So I go in ski gear and full winter protection. Yeah, and ne- never ever get cold. So I just love it. Like I, I've heard a lot of and, and like I, I watch a lot of stuff on TV about you know climbing uh, Everest etc. And they say when you're when you're inside in the snow, obviously you're away from uh-huh. the elements, but it actually isn't that cold. No, do you know, and whenever I dug even the snow hole itself, even though my legs were sticking out, yeah. I was totally warm and the snow couldn't land on me. The winds were yeah. uh, skirting around me and, and inside the igloo was an amazing effect. The, yeah. the winds howled outside 50 mile per hour gusts and inside the igloo you're perfectly warm. Yeah. Incred- so that's amazing. Incredible. And uh, when the blizzard happened, how long did that last for? Or sorry, like, How long were you in the snow hole? I was in the snow hole for about two hours. Wow. Believe it or not, I was on the mountain for a total of four hours on Saturday when the blizzard came in, and I sat in the snow hole for two hours, just taking the whole thing in, just in the darkness and and the swirling of the snow and the howl of the wind. I just found it mesmerising. Yeah, you so probably you, you obviously take inspiration uh, because obviously you're you're an artist, so I'm sure yes. you get plenty of inspiration when you're up there. Yeah, well, do you know this is a vital vital time for me because snow. As my favourite thing to paint. So yeah. if I don't yeah. get snow in the winter, I find I have a very productive, unproductive oh. year afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Because snow is my, my vital source for inspiration. Just as the farmer needs rain for his crops, but yeah. you know, I, I need snow for to harvest my yeah. creativity. Yeah, yeah. And, so and, and tell me about the, the engagement in the igloo. That was so magical. So I, I flouted this idea 
on Saturday evening, yeah. uh, which turned out to be the last evening off the igloo itself. But I floated this idea, wouldn't it be magical if somebody actually proposed inside it, but never ever thinking it would have happened. Yeah. And on Sunday afternoon, I got a phone call from a friend and neighbor, Sarah Patterson, to say that her boyfriend of three years, Graham, got down on one knee and proposed to her inside of it. And Sarah was almost crying and so was I because I couldn't believe this thing that I built yeah. just for fun provided so much happiness and then an engagement. So it just, it's blown me away. So it has. So, so you had completed the igloo on the Tuesday. Am I right saying that? I completed it on the Thursday. On the Thursday. And you, had, yes. and you had an engagement in it on the Saturday. On the Sunday morning. On the Sunday the morning. Engagement. That's incredible. Yes. Uh, that is it was a... magical. And you know, that's the beauty of the whole igloo because it was only a fleeting moment. Yeah. At three days to enjoy it. And then it was all, then the thaw came Sunday evening and, and now it's just a pile of snow on the floor. Yeah. So it was, it's like a crazy dream. It's like it didn't happen. You, you've been back up there. When were you last back up? I was last up yesterday just to see how it was coming along. Yeah. And um, all the walls had caved in and now it's just a big pile of snow. Yeah. And, so and I'm that's sure, the end of it. I'm, I'm sure you're hoping for a return of snow before the winter's out. I you? am. Yeah, I have been glued to the Met Office long range forecast every day to see how it's it's looking. And it's looking like we're going to get another good cold snap uh, within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it is looking so, that um, way, actually. Yeah, it, it is. So hopefully that, that uh, comes your way, as they say. Yes, and you know the the exciting thing is it's like a northeasterly wind they're predicting, and yeah. for the east coast here we need we need an east wind for the proper snow. Yeah, north and west winds they never it never really gets to us. That's right. So east winds are our best opportunity for a very very heavy fall of snow. And Stephen, listen, um, tell me about the reaction on Twitter. By the way, uh, artist uh, at artist Rooney is your Twitter handle for um, anyone yeah. to want, who wants to go on there and, and check out the photos of the igloo and follow your v- adventures in general. Um, but mm-hmm. tell tell me about the reaction on on Twitter. It has been absolutely crazy, and the ironic thing off it was I was building the igloo in the dark of night in a hidden spot. Uh, with the, with the idea that nobody would find it because it was just a wee bit of fun for me. Yeah. And uh, then then after three days, the first seven hikers had found it and word got out on social media very quick. And uh, then BBC Radio Ulster and all sorts had announced it and done an interviews and stuff. Yeah. And it, the reaction has just been crazy and I cannot keep up with messages and comments and it has just blown me away. Social media just went yeah. completely crazy for it. Went wild. So they did. And and and, and and you had loads of visitors up to see it. I'm I'm sure you had many many hundreds. In fact, wow. do you know this will give you an idea? On Sunday morning, which was the last day of the igloo, yeah, I set off at seven in the morning, and already within half an hour at Spelga. If anybody's familiar with Spelga and the roads around it, you wouldn't have got parked come eight a.m. This is how busy. This is how much of an attraction it came. That's incredible. And. Um, it was just so amazing to see all the head torches setting off at seven in the morning up yeah, the mountain. Yeah. And the funny, I had this, fu- the funny image coming back down around half ten was the people still trekking up to see it on their hands and knees because it was so icy. It was almost like a pilgrimage. It was so, so funny. So, so there were still people going up at my, half ten at night? That, oh, yes, half ten at night. Um, I actually met seven people coming down on the Friday night around half ten, quarter to eleven. There were seven still going up to see it. I'd passed them all. That's unbelievable. And they were talking to me about it. And so from early morning to late at night, they were going. 
and having their tea in it and having the, the most amazing photographs came from it all. And Brilliant, brilliant. And the, the beauty of it all is looking back now was the happiness that it brought to others. Well, so look at in the times we're in and, and, you know, to build an igloo and bring that much happiness to people, you know, mm-hmm. it, it sure it must it must feel great. Uh, do you know, yes, that's it. And like, as I say, that the whole thing wasn't to be found. And now looking back, that's the beauty of it all is that it was found because yeah, yeah. The, the enjoyment others got has really made the week for me. It's been the happiest week of my life for sure. Yeah. So. And in, in your in your um, painting and, and uh, you know, you're inspired, mm-hmm. like obviously snow is the thing and you need snow to paint. Is it landscapes yes. you paint? Because yes, I, I, I was very interested to see that Cheryl Crow has has a painting of yours on her wall. Is this true? That's right. Cheryl Crow has a painting of Glencar Waterfall, in fact, uh, down in Sligo. From Sligo, yeah. And the, the, how that came about, Cheryl Crow was actually doing a, a concert down, down around there somewhere about six years ago. Yeah. And the companies that were hosting her asked her, they always give, like, the singers and stuff a gift. Yeah. And she... Cheryl Crow had mentioned that she would love an original Irish landscape and I was contacted and commissioned to paint it which was an, 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 like an amazing compliment yeah of course and I was actually I could have went down to present the painting to her but I was much too nervous and stayed at home because <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not into I'm not into big game presentations yeah, and, yeah. and fuss and all I'm not, I don't like attention either so I like yeah. I, I like to be alone but I did get a photograph of Cheryl Crow holding the painting, and Brilliant. she tweeted me three days later, which was was mind blowing. And how was so that? Was. And, and how was that reaction uh, when when she tweeted about it? Because obviously she would have a very very big following. And that's right. It, it was crazy cool, and I wasn't actually very long on Twitter at that time. Yeah. But it did. It did get a good response, and it went into newspapers locally, and and it did get a great coverage, and it raised a lot of excitement. And then. Through that, that um, boosts the interest in other people. Yeah. They, they then begin to inquire about your works whenever they hear of a, a celebrity or so yeah. having a painting. Of then they, they wish to look into it. And, and did you find after that you were commissioned for other work? Absolutely. And then I'd done a, a big solo exhibition, which uh, was a, re- a great success. It was because it had a bit of publicity then yeah. beforehand. Yeah, brilliant. And it's amazing how it works. And I always say... You don't get nowhere in life without the help of others. Absolutely. So um, once we all help each other, we all get somewhere together. So we do. That's absolutely for sure, Stephen. And um, so landscape is what you paint? Landscape. Well, I can paint every single subject. Um, so landscape, portraits, ships, anything there is to paint, I can paint. And um, I was always self-taught. Brilliant. So if I can, if I can paint something, I take myself off and I learn myself to paint, and uh, and, and now I can I can paint everything. So that's, that's brilliant. I'm very and, proud of that. And, and absolutely self-taught. That's that's extraordinary. And is, yeah, never, is never, it, never, never once had an art lesson. Yes. Is it in the family? Do you know? Well, going back, mummy's side of the family, they're Conningham, so they are the sea people here. Yeah. And they they ferry the boats into the lock and that. And on the Rooney side, they're the stonemasons that built the Moon Wall and, wow. and still repair it today. Wow. But there was there was artiness in the family, and there was like painting as hobbies, but nobody had ever actually gave it a go as a living. So yeah. I'm the, I'm the first. I was the first artist in the family. Brilliant. Um, but there has there has been creative uh, flowers in the family. Yes. Yeah. And 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 here's the all important question: If if the snow returns, will you build a second igloo? <laughs> I am already planning the next igloo. And Brilliant! You know, 
and snow sculptures because I'm very I'm very keen on carving out birds and penguins and and reindeer and yeah. One idea I actually have, if we get the right snow, because the snow needs to be frozen and compacted by wind yeah. to be able to cut the perfect blocks. But I have this idea to make like a herd of reindeer, maybe six or seven, and um, to give mean. like a, a kind of like a Norwegian twist to the moons because they get the lovely white reindeer up there. That'd be incredible. And I have, I have this idea for snow sculptures, and, and my mind's just buzzing with other ideas. Yeah. So, it so when, it, when it comes spring and summer, you, you obviously, you photograph the landscape, uh, you know, the snow landscape, and then in yes. the spring and summer, you, you will sit down and, and do your paintings of, 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 of the snow escapes, etc. That's, that's right, that's right. So I, I'll even paint... Um, in the winter, I'll still paint. Actually, just um, tonight, I'm going to start a, a new snowy landscape, probably based around the igloo itself. And, yeah, brilliant. but I would paint through all the year. But um, summer, summer and spring is when I'm least inspired, if I was being honest, because yeah. um, it's a quiet time and there's lo- there's lots of sunshine and everything turns yeah. green and it's overwhelming and not as pretty. So um, I love in the winter and the autumn when the the wind and the weather's doing things and the clouds are interesting and, yeah. and the light's gorgeous in winter, so it is the oh, sunset. Oh, it's, it's absolutely extraordinary, well, yes. Summer, summer's too boring for me. I don't like it. And and in the, in the summertime, uh, would you would you go up into the Moran Mountains or, or would you oh, yes. avoid? Oh, you yes, do. St- you do. still hike and, and cycle a lot in, in, in the summer. And there's a great day um, up with us. There's a great day, new ferry that had launched, the Carlingford Lock Ferry. Yeah. And I would... I'm a keen user of it, so I, it's just a short distance from my house, and I cycle a lot. And so I take it and explore counties Louth and the Cooley Peninsula yeah. and Sleaf Boy and all that direction. So I do more exploring in the summer and, and less painting, I suppose, so yeah. I'm not as inspired then. Yeah, it's, yes. but it's, it's a lovely way to, mi- to mix things up. Like, you, you have that yeah. whole, you know, you've nearly, like, two different things you can go at summer and winter it's 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 a it's a kind of a nice way nice way to be that's true you know it's a it's a simple life and you don't have much in this life and but i feel i have everything because um all the things that i love to do as a child i still do today so i still feel like a wee boy when i'm running around and i'm cycling around and yeah and hiking i still feel like a wee boy well you're you're doing what you love Stephen. so like you know when you're doing you know what they say when you're doing what you love you know you just you just cannot go wrong no that's i think that's what's a that's a vital thing i would tell anybody to hold on to in life is your passions and and hobbies and and everything you loved doing as a wee boy, you can still do as an adult. Yeah. So you can. You, I, I always say I've never grown up, I've just got bigger. Yeah, and that's very, yeah, very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything I done as a boy, I still do today. Yeah, which is, and, which, um, which is very, changed. very cool. And and um, would you be into music now, for example? Absolutely love music. In fact, just before we came on air, I had um, Paul Brady and Brian Kennedy playing, so two of Ireland's greats. Well, they, and, they, um, they are most certainly two of Ireland's greats. Yes, two of my favourite singers. In fact, that's another lovely story, actually. Brian Kennedy, the first CD ever I got was Brian Kennedy when I was eight years old because I had heard him on TV singing the Mountains of Mourn song. Yeah. And I, one of my favourite songs being a proud Mourn man. And I believe his version is the best. And, you know, just going back to about everything I've done as a wee boy, I still play Brian Kennedy CDs every single day. Yeah. Uh, from the, the Mountains of Mourn to the Curragh of Kildare and all his other great yeah. songs and covers. And Paul Brady, I love their storytelling and their voices. Music is a massive influence in my life. And, and would that be mainly traditional Irish music, like from that genre? Yes, 
I have a very actually a wide wide range. I love all sorts of music, yeah. but I do love traditional and storytelling. And then like Mark Knopfler is another yeah. huge giant. I love Mark Knopfler and I love instrumental and the trad music and all this kind of well, well, folklore stuff. Well, of, co- of, of course, uh, Mark Knopfler is is heavily influenced by the Irish scene. Like, uh, you know, even, even I think there was a story where Paul Brady was playing uh, Vicar Street in Dublin and Mark Knopfler arrived out onto the stage. Just nobody knew he was going to be there. Yes, I've actually, I think there's a clip of that on YouTube. Yeah. I'm not sure I've seen that before. Yeah, actually and, there uh, is. Yeah, you're right. There is actually yeah. a clip on YouTube, yes. But all, all amazing talents. And um, so I'm, I'm very proud of the, the music that I listen to. And, and the, it, it in turn inspires me too. So I never watch TV, apart from Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Yeah. It's the only time of the year I watch TV. Yeah. And after that, the TV's off the rest of the year. And I sit and paint and explore the outdoors and... And Stephen, and let, Stephen, would it be in terms of uh, exploration? Is it is it the locality, or would you venture out <laughs> across Ireland, or do you keep it to the to the Morn Mountains? I'm fairly fairly limited, but just then before lockdown came, my art teacher from secondary school, Teresa Brown, is a as a great friend and an amazing person. Yeah, always encouraged me. But Teresa allowed me to go to her holiday home in Donegal, and. Um, we, uh, Sleeve League was the cliffs that I hiked up there and yeah. toured so many parts of Donegal during that week so up until then I had done really no exploration yeah. I've been to Scotland a few times fought, fell in love with Scotland and I've been to Wales and southwest England but I'm not much a traveller because I don't like flying and yeah. I so I, I won't go on a plane actually and I've never been on a train so I'm no traveller at all So you went to Scotland, <laughs> you probably went on the ferry on the ferry, I'll only go by boat. You see, I won't. I won't okay. go by air. I don't. I don't like planes. Well, Christy Moore is a bit like that. So you're not. You're not the only one that uh, doesn't like oh, planes. <laughs> good. Good. Keeping good company. So yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, and Stephen, uh, do you have what? What be your plans now? Uh, for for example, this summer, will you will you do any further exploration or? I will do, well, do you know, I have a goal come the end of this year, COVID allowing and stuff. I yeah. want to go to Finland or um, Norway, somewhere yeah. like that, because um, my 10-year goal is actually to relocate to somewhere further north okay. that gets much or colder winter. So I've made this my 10-year plan, and hopefully it will happen sooner. Okay. But then I plan to take the train around from London. You can actually get the train from London to Finland. Really? And it's a, it's a three-day journey, so you go from London and out across continental Europe and up through um, the Netherlands and on through Norway and into Finland. It's, it's, it's three days and two nights, the, the train journey. And that's that's incredible. I never, I never knew that. Train, yeah, it's, it looks amazing and the big sleeper trains. You see, I've never been on a train ever in my life. So okay. I thought, if I'm going to go somewhere special, why not do it by train and combine the two things? And you see, I could never afford to travel. And even, even yet, you don't have much money when you choose this life. So... You have to um, you have to compromise and make yeah. every sacrifice. And but this is this is the goal for the end of the year. If COVID allows to travel, we have to see. Well, hopefully but, the the vaccines will start getting on on top of things and, and s- yes. yeah, some normality uh, comes back. But when you say like uh, relocating uh, to Norway or these, are, do you mean permanently? I would hope to do like well maybe for the winter long. So I would get the yeah. winter season out of it and then come home for the summer. Yeah. So. Uh, because I'm, I'm just a, I'm a winter fanatic, and I find our winters are becoming more and more milder, and more and more wet. Yes. So away from the 
ground. We don't really get decent winters anymore. Yeah. And um, so I want to be in a country where the snow's guaranteed all winter long, at yeah. least three or four months. Funny, I was, I, I was looking at the weather from Tromso, is it? in uh, Tromso is in... Right, Norway. Yeah. And I, I think it was something like minus 15 or something last night I was looking. That's right. They're they're in the grips of a bit of cold at the minute. Yeah. There's actually a battle going on today with the weather. We're on the mild side, but eastern Scotland and eastern England are having lots of snow, so we're on the edge of the cold, That's the very right. cold air. That's right. So I'm I'm patiently waiting and hoping and praying that the, the mild air will be pushed back west and we can tap into the cold again. Yeah, I do follow a guy, Matt Hugo. I don't know if you're familiar with him on, on Twitter. He's a BBC. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, he's a BBC weather forecaster, but he, he puts his own yeah. views out there. And they thought there, that there was going to be really cold weather coming early next week. Um, yes. But now they say it's uh, in, the, in the 10 day bracket. I think you mentioned that at, at the beginning of the, yeah. the podcast. I, th- I think from two weeks onwards, we're going to tap into the cold easterly, northeasterly. And um, that's when we that's when we get our proper snow. And it's the dry snow that comes from the east. The okay. snow that comes from the north and west picks up too much moisture. It's a wet, slushy stuff. Okay. We need the easterly. So, so we do. So the easterly wind brings in the drier snow. Yes, because you see, it's crossed very little ocean. Oh, okay. And, um, okay. Yes. It, it doesn't pick up moisture then. You see, when it comes from the north and the west and the northwest, it's crossed all the North Atlantic yeah. Sea, and it becomes a wet fluffy thick flake of snow yeah but the easterly wind if, i don't know if you remember back to the, the beast from the beast the east. to be i do indeed yeah do you remember that beautiful powdery dry yes. light snow yes that's because you see it had come from such a dry continent and crossed little sea it had no time to pick up moisture and thicken and become wet so uh, the east wind brings us the most beautiful snow here on the east coast that makes so that it, makes a lot of sense Stephen. yes well look um I can only wish you the best uh, for the future. You've you've definitely some lovely adventures uh, ahead. Uh-huh. That train Thanks. journey sounds fantastic. Uh, the, hopefully the snow comes in from the east and you can do the, the second igloo along with the, the, the reindeers. I'll, I'll yeah. be closely watching if we get bad weather. I'll be closely watching your uh, your Twitter handle. That's for sure. Um, oh, thank you. And for anybody else uh, that's listening, at Artist Rooney is the Twitter handle. And you can follow Stephen on there and follow um, his adventures because I'm sure he will have plenty of them. Stephen Absolutely. Rooney, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you very much for joining us here on, on Ireland Talks podcast. It's been a pleasure and thanks so much and I wish you a very happy new year. And the same to you, Stephen, and, and to your family and everybody. Thank you very much, Stephen. Thanks so much. Take Thank care. Bye bye. Bye bye. You can contact the podcast on Ireland Talks Podcast at AOL.com. Find Ireland Talks Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts.